It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to sparkle. sparkle. Welcome to Sparkle Town. Sparkle Town is a municipality that overlaps and intersects with the city of Berlin. Its subjects are all of you who are listening to this. It is ruled by the Contessa and overseen by the Deputy Mayor, that being me. Today we are speaking to Sal Ford, the second half of the Drag Power Couple, the first half of which you could hear in the previous episode. I never really saw it as a career. It was always more of a hobby. A hobby. Yeah, well, some people can do their hobby really well. Uh, indeed, this one can. Mm-hmm. Uh, producing for the videos so that Alexa can be... Well, I'm sorry, she who shall not be named can turn in videos for the current... Right, so this is the second half of our drag couple from... Uh, we had the first half last week. Yes. And this is Sal Ford. The other half. The other half. Hi. Would Hello. you please introduce yourself? Of course. Um, so my name is Sal Ford, um, and I'm a drag queen here in Berlin. Sal, where did you get the name Sal Ford? Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, so I started doing drag officially when I was at university and I was at the University of Salford which is in Manchester actually it's not in Manchester it's in greater Manchester people from Salford if you say it's Manchester hate it because it actually is a separate city but anyway I was at university there and um, so in initially it was Sally Ford so just to play on the city name right and then it just became Sal so Sal Ford so People don't really get it here because it's not a known place, but uh, people in Manchester think it's quite a hilarious name. Okay, so my UK listeners are going to understand this one. They'll get it, yeah, especially <laughs> if, if, if they're from the north, for sure. Is that where you're originally from? No, I'm not, actually. So I'm from Oxfordshire in the southeast of England, about half an hour north of Oxford. But I went to university in Manchester, and so I kind of feel that that's my, my home apart from here. My UK home, I kind of feel, is there. Now, as a drag queen, I have I have seen you do a few performance pieces. Do you have a performance background prior to drag? I do, yes. Yeah. So actually, I was talking about my university life. I was doing a degree in media and performance. And the performance side was all kind of performing arts, um, theatre, acting, television acting we did some directing we did, I did some singing it was quite a diverse course and the media side was more the the film and tv production side of things so yeah and before that I was always into drama as a kid and performing in school shows that kind of thing so I, I had that performance I guess bug from quite a quite a, a young age really yeah what was it like to put on makeup for the first time it was the first time I properly did it, actually, put on... Because I think when I was a younger kid, I used to wear my mum's clothes and, you know, wear, uh, wear her dresses. Um, I was obsessed with shoes. My nan used to have a bit of a shoe addiction. Whenever she went shopping, she would buy a pair of shoes. So I used to go to her place and try on shoes all the time. So I was, that was kind of probably the the start of my 
drag life. But the makeup side, um, when I was 18, I went to a summer camp actually in the States to work. And it was a camp from, it was a, it was a cool camp, but it was um, a camp for disadvantaged kids mm -hmm. from New York City. And uh, they had like a Miss World and Miss America type show. Um, as part of the part of the entertainment uh -huh. within the camp, and all of the all of the girls' cabins had to make up a male member of staff in to drag, and then they would have <laughs> to then perform in swim swimwear and eat evening wear that kind of thing. So that was really, and that and they had to put makeup on. So that was the first time I ever actually wore makeup, and I remember like people saying. I looked good. I looked like a proper girl. I actually looked like like a real girl. Like some of the guys, you know, they just looked like they were kind of had, you know, the hairy bodies and they looked just like guys still. And they're like, my God, you look like a real girl. So that was kind of the first time that I wore makeup. And I just enjoyed that whole thing about being on stage and dressed in, you know, the clothes. And I felt quite powerful, actually, mm -hmm. e even though the things we were wearing were just like... You know, it was stuff that the girls had in the bunk. It wasn't anything very bespoke for drag. And speaking of that, do you order special pieces for your, for your? Yeah, so a lot character of now. Now, yes. So now, um, I've had quite a, a few dresses made for me. I'm not like one of these queens. Like, there's so many queens that I admire that make a lot of their own clothes and they're very crafty. I'm not like that to be honest. So I've had dresses made for me before. Mm -hmm. Um, from, yeah, a queen that I know, uh, Titi Kaka, who is a queen that, uh, Alexa also knows she can, she can do wigs, she can do dresses, she can make dresses, she can sing, she can dance. She's like a quadruple Ooh. threat queen. Uh, more than that, she just can do everything to do with performing and also with making. So she's made a couple of things for me. And then, yeah, other kind of pieces that I found um, I find quite a lot in kind of charity shops mm -hmm. um, which is quite good um, and occasionally there's a shop called Quiz back in the UK which is a women's uh, shop but they do quite a lot of sparkly kind of frocks so that can sometimes be a bit of a, a, a kind of a choice where maybe I need something something new I don't want to spend a lot of money on having something made that can sometimes be somewhere that I would go to as well. Hmm. How fast is lockdown going away? I wanted to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so you you started doing drag officially at Ooh. camp or after, at university? I guess camp was kind of when I wore makeup for the first time. And the following year, because I went back to the same camp, actually, and then I was hired as the head of drama the following year so i was running all the all the all the evening entertainment as well as part of that job and then i was the host of that same event the following year so i hosted it in a kind of drag mm -hmm. with uh one of those you know wigs that you get from the pound store you know that oh, yeah. sort of what they, <laughs> like tin, tinsel wig you know that kind of thing and then i again the girls did the makeup and I was just wearing, you know, crazy stuff that the girls had again. But I was the host that time. So actually, I did a lip lip sync performance, I think. Um, so it was more of a performance, actually, me on the microphone. So I guess actually looking back, that might have been the first time that I properly performed as a kind of drag character on stage. 
And then after that, so that was just before I started university, I went back to the UK and then I went to uni and, yeah, it would have been maybe six months later that I actually performed as Sal Ford mm -hmm. for the very first first time. Do you remember your first performance? Yeah, again, it was more like a hosting thing. So we hosted like a pride event, actually, in our students' union bar. Uh -huh. And, yeah, it was... It had been like March 2002, so quite a long time ago, showing my age. Yeah, March 2002, and it was, I think, th it probably wasn't a performance as such. I wasn't doing any numbers. It was really about being a host. Mm -hmm. um, but back then, in 2002, in Manchester, there wasn't that much. The only drag that was around was more drag queens that were doing the hosting thing it wasn't there wasn't the variety of drag that you see now in bars there were occasional bars that would have a couple of performers that would do like dance numbers maybe some lip lip syncing but it wasn't as diverse there wasn't as much drag around and most of the drag that i i would see would be in bars and it would be drag drag queens behind the microphone that would be playing the music they'd be on the decks they would be making funny comments of people walking into the bar um so that was really i suppose what i perceived to be what drag was in 2002 but you've turned that into being able to produce a show yeah but i think times have changed i mean drag now is rock and roll isn't it it's very different i think then i felt that um Alexa may have already said this as well, but um, I think um, it very much felt that in the early 2000s that drag wasn't anything that anybody wanted to really be in. Like, it wasn't... It was like, oh, that's an old drag queen, you know? It, it, it was kind of there. They were drag, drag queens in some of the bars, but it wasn't something that people really wanted to do, and you wouldn't, like, be... Um, there wasn't that much respect for drag so you wouldn't aspire to be a drag queen to be a drag queen definitely not and i don't think people had that much respect for them they were in the bars but they were just like there they were tolerated in the background part of the furniture but, this is, but not necessarily as wow and now I, I think you know there's tv shows and the reasons i think why drag is now elevated to this you know drag queens are now stars they're local kind of they're local celebrities they are I think back then, um, and also the, the drag queens then were much, much older. They've been doing it for years in these bars, you know? There weren't that many young queens around either. So it was very a different climate, I think, back then for drag. You mentioned Alexis, so I'm going to jump to a different question I had. Mm -hmm. How do you handle being half of a power drag couple here in Berlin? Is there only one bathroom at your house? <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it. I mean, Alexa, I think, has been inspirational actually in me getting so i didn't do drag for years so let me go back a little bit so um i did drag at university maybe two or three times it was very it wasn't something that i did much and it was just for these events and then i didn't do drag then for years until maybe 2015 oh wow um and the reason that i started doing it again was that tv show um so i hadn't watched RuPaul's Drag Race before 2015 and I watched I think it was on Netflix from season one to season five I think or season six whatever the season was at the time all the way through and I was like hmm maybe I can do drag again I'm quite you know inspired because um, I did enjoy the hosting that I did back then and 
I thought I looked quite good in drag. So, yeah, I kind of decided then that would have been so about five years ago in the summer. I decided that I kind of wanted to be the drag mascot for my running club that I was, I was part of at the Manchester Pride event. So they always were had an entry in Pride where they would be in their running uh, kits and they'd be running around and just celebrating the fact that they're runners at Pride when they're mm -hmm. running, you know, they were, it was quite cool. They had like a bit of a, like I say, a dance, a bit of choreography that they would sort of uh, run in a circle throughout the Pride um, event. And I decided uh, they kind of wanted us to be involved. So I thought, mm, I could do drag for that. Why? Sounds why reasonable. So I did. So I basically uh, bought um, a wig, um, a lace front wig, the first one I'd ever worn a lace front wig. Because again, back in 2002, the kind of wigs you could get weren't very good. They weren't, you know, a lace front wig was probably much more expensive then too. Mm. So nobody was wearing those kind of wigs. It was more like a hard... Uh, hard front wig so and I just wore my running vest with maybe like a tennis skirt and some heels and um, Alexa did my makeup because obviously Alexa had done drag many years before as well so I think she hadn't done it for years either and then came back so I think she then knew a lot more about drag than I had because she'd done it professionally before so she then so up after that I got an amazing reception. Everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is this is you because I have a beard normally mm -hmm. as a guy. So it's quite a different look. It's a, yeah, I, you know, they couldn't believe that this was, this was me in drag. Um, so I then thought, hmm, maybe I could do this. So this wasn't a performance, but I then thought, okay, maybe I can get myself out there and start to perform. So... That was really how it started. The proper career, I guess, of Sal started really from 2015. With a runner's club during a pride parade in heels. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I okay, did total it. respect for that one. <laughs> and I did it, I think, again, the following year as well. But oh I was more established. But then I'd sort of done a few gigs and I was known much more to be in drag. But um, so, yeah, after that, I just kind of did occasional gigs. I was doing a few guest spots um i was also doing some voluntary work back in manchester with the village angels uh which is a, a community safety project which goes out on a friday and saturday night in the gay village in manchester and it's really to keep people safe if people have had too much to drink you know if people have got lost very much is doing a lot of you know drink and drug issues but often it's just giving people advice they're looking for a bar it's making sure that the village is safe working closely with the police and with the door staff and so i started to do that in drag as well um occasionally not all the time because again walking around the gay village for six hours in heels is also quite tough so i decided to do that with flats <laughs> after the first time um and also some sometimes the the response when dealing with quite serious issues was quite weird in drag so i didn't do it many times but i was kind of them again their mascot for any special events they were doing mm -hmm. as well so it's more the runners the angels and then just doing the odds you know guest guesting here and there with some cabaret shows yeah and that's pretty much what i was doing so i never really saw it as a career it was always more of a hobby 
it's sort of a hobby for you now. It is. It always has been, yeah. Because you, you have a full-time job. Yeah. But we still see Southward from time to time. Exactly. <laughs> and I always it's kind of weird because I, I always felt that in Manchester, I was kind of quite known as Southward around the gay scene, even though I didn't do it that much. I maybe did it average once a month. Uh-huh. I mean, there was probably maybe 2017 when I started to do it more and I was entering a couple of competitions and, th and things and I was doing more gigs and I had my own show. Again, not very often, but I was doing my own... Um, I did my own show on a Sunday, maybe three or four times at a bar where they'd have different different queens every kind of uh -huh. Sunday doing yeah. their own one-hour cabaret show. So I did that. So I kind of got some good gigs but for me, it was never about really wanting it to be a career. And for me, I enjoy it when I do it, but I wouldn't want to do it all the time. <laughs> and for me now, I'm doing it about once a month again now with our show at the Tipsy Bear with Alexa, which is great. Doing it once a month. Um, I have a great time preparing, you know, the numbers I'm going to do. But for me, if I was doing it anything more than that, really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't it wouldn't fit it would feel more like work then for me i think and i for me it's now something that i enjoy doing it's a creative expression that i just love to do on my own terms now and again and i think doing like a monthly show is about the perfect kind of amount of time was well, that the first the that you worked with alexa it is yeah so what you said before about the power couple i i, I think because i'm not doing it that much it's absolutely fine. I think we work together well because she's doing it. More Most often. of my power couples in drag, but one one is a, a harder, a, a more often worker than the other. Okay. Yeah. Don't want to say harder worker because they're both yeah. workers. Yeah. Each of those couples. No, it's they fine. I, I would say she's more the proper drag queen than me, you know. And um, maybe I shouldn't say this, but um, she does a lot more for me in terms of the preparation. Like she gets my outfits ready. You know, she helps me with the makeup, that kind of thing. I won't tell her. Um, so she's more, you know, that, and she was doing a, a lot of that for me when she wasn't doing drag either. I used to call her my creative director or my assistant. Everybody needs one. <laughs> so she was doing all that. She was often, you know, she would design, draw pictures. Or I think this is the kind of dress you want to be made next. And she'd send it off to the queen that would make the dress. I was just like... Yeah, I'll just wear whatever and, and just turn up and perform. So I was never really so much into that side of it, whereas she quite, you know, she's into the entire, the end to end. I I kind of like to go on stage and perform, and I'm not terribly interested in, you know, spending time thinking about the outfits and the wigs, that kind of thing. Oh, you don't like want to prepare to the song and practice it and make sure the wig fits properly three days ahead and makeup attempt does all that yeah she's very good at all that side so yeah so that that, that so she's yes she's definitely uh she's without her i wouldn't exist i don't think to be honest herself now because looking back to what i was doing in 2002 mm -hmm. i would be embarrassed to share the pictures of what i looked like compared to what i look like now with kind of alexa's support in terms of you know this the evolution of what sal could look look like um is very much part of alexa i think she's been instrumental really in creating that okay we are not here to talk about alexa no she's had way, way too much time right on her. <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> <laughs>
the quarantine has hit pretty hard. Mm. And I know you did at least two shows. Only one, actually. You. We oh, never mind. We're not, we're not talking about her anymore. Oh, yeah. You've only done one. one. Yeah. On video. I have, yeah. Okay, because I was going to go into somebody who knows how to do the media side of the, the tech side of mm. this. That had to be easier for you to prepare it. A little bit, although I, I'm kind of out of practice. It's been quite a long time since I've, I didn't really do that after I finished university. Um, in terms of, you know, the I've been quite I've been helping Alexa again with okay, the camera we're... side of the <laughs> things, right? With the filming, which has been quite good because I was quite good at that at university and then looking at the editing side of it as well although we did get somebody to help us with that in the end but yeah i did i have enjoyed that side of it actually and helping other drag queens with that side of it mm -hmm. um but in terms of doing the live show to be honest i didn't enjoy the looking back i enjoyed it when i watched it back the show that we did together like mm -hmm. the live show on facebook live at our flat which was maybe what in march time a while ago right. now we did it we've only done the one of those i enjoyed it watching it back because it looked quite good actually watching it back it looked okay this isn't this looks fine when we were doing it i really didn't like it because i thought it was terrible as i was doing it because there was just no when you're in a bar, you're on stage, you're getting live reaction from the audience. You know exactly, you know, the vibe. You know you can read the room. Yes. And you know exactly what you need to do to switch things up. When it was just, I mean, for a start, I think we started off and there was an issue we had to restart it. That was, it didn't start off in the best possible way. And then I think once I started it again, I had to wait to see how many viewers were watching and for maybe 30 seconds, there was no viewers. And I was thinking, do I start talking now and wait for people to join? So all of that going through oh, your head. Oh, wow, yeah. And then when you start and more viewers come, you start talking and you're trying to interact with people and they're writing comments, but you can't really speak to them. It's very weird. And I, and I, and I think I spent the entire hour, whatever it was we did, just worrying about this kind of thing. And also, you know, is the sound okay? Can they hear it? Is it cutting out? Um and yeah, I just think you're performing and I did a lot of live singing as well. And I was just thinking, this isn't very good. I kind of want to stop this now. And I don't know how it, I can't read it. And I'm, I'm not sure how it's, how it's coming over. And um, so, I mean, I may be relaxed into it more towards the end, but even still, um, it was difficult. And um, at the end of it, we both said to each other, oh, that was terrible. And then we watched it back, and I was like, oh, actually, it was fine. <laughs> but uh, I'm I often think that like needs that. to be a whole new class, how to handle it when you don't have an audience. How, how do you read your own room? It's difficult. In silence. Exactly. I mean, this is very new, isn't it? I mean, queens have been doing it now, and I'm probably used to it. They've been doing it, and some, some queens do it every single week to do their show, and they probably... Now that I've watched a few of the queens that are doing the live shows, they are much more relaxed than they were back in March. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I, I think the second time I've only done one, um, I did find it. I didn't enjoy it that much, to be honest. And I'm very excited that we can now perform again in bars. Going back. To be honest, I'm really excited about that. What's your dates for that? 26th of June. Mm -hmm. And then we're doing 
the last Tuesday of every month from the end of July will be our regular slot at the Tipsy Bear. Ooh. So we moved. We were on a Monday and we're now moving to a Tuesday. But so proper, so the, proper British glamour yes, will happen on Tuesday. The last Tuesday of every month. Starting in July. Yeah. It's the last oh Tuesday boy. of July. Yeah, very excited about that. And also <laughs> what I like about it is the fact that um, we'll be able to twitch it as well. So Tipsy Bear are going to be streaming all of their shows now mm-hmm. live on Twitch as well as in the bar, which I think is great because actually we can get all of our friends from the UK to watch our show. And I think I, I think I will like that. The fact that it's going to be in the bar in that live setting but being streamed, great. Much better than doing it in your flat and not being able to read the room. I think it's going to be much different. So At least there'll I've, be some response. Yeah, and I've seen the setup. I did so watch a couple of their, their Friday night services mm-hmm. and I think Twitch is great. Um, so I'm excited to think that actually this could be what's happening now is that, you know, the Berlin bars or bars over the world are going to be able to stream their drag shows to a global audience. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's a grand idea, but that's just my opinion. Before I ask the last question, open it to you. Anything mm. you'd like to get out there, thoughts, any subject at all. Something bothering you, something you're happy about, something to share. Yeah, something that I've been quite passionate about, and I think what we always see from our monthly shows moving forward is we're going to start to have some some guests coming on to talk about issues, right, um, rather than us talking about issues. So whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement any kind of social issues within Berlin that people want to come and talk about. And I think it's about us giving our, using our power Mm -hmm. and our stage to give other people the platform. I think it's been crazy seeing uh, how a lot of the queer community, how drag performers have really responded to the last weeks. Some, I think, in an amazing way others not so much and um the way that i see it is drag performers we are community leaders or we should be i get that not every drag drag queen wants to be talking about politics or you know say that they are political but i think whether you're political or not you still are a leader within the community and i think we have the responsibility to raise people's voices those that are marginalized and haven't got the platform so i'm really passionate that drags that drag queens drag performers should really use their stages to amplify others voices so that's what i'm quite interested to see how we make that happen i'm not sure yet how we're going to do it whether we just one week we might raise some money and have someone coming to talk from a particular charity whatever it is, but I'm really passionate that we do that, that we use our platform to be dragtivists, is the word, right? Dragtivists within the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite new for me because I used to just see drag more as an entertainment for me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in the social issue side of it, which now, coming here, I think living in Berlin and uh, seeing how diverse drag is here 
and seeing what you can do with drag, I think my mind has definitely been open to what drag can be. So, yeah, for me, it's still about the entertainment. It's about the comedy. It's about making people happy, but also making people's lives better. So I think we have the duty to do that. And so watch this space for mm-hmm. the proper British glamour stage as we invite people on that we feel need to have their voices heard. Wonderful. Last question. You've done drag for a little while and you've been in fits and bursts. What has doing drag taught you about yourself? Interesting. I think um, I think drag has really given me a confidence that I probably thought I didn't have and has then allowed me to be more confident in other in other situations at work or in my personal life in my social life because I always think I I kind of use drag a bit more like I'm a character so to me I'm not speaking like it now but when I'm on stage as well I don't really talk like this so it goes back to my acting days Um, and I always felt more powerful when I was on stage where you can hide behind a character and can get kind of away from you because I used to always hate having to be myself in terms of on a stage or uh, addressing audience I used to get really nervous but on stage when I'm in drag I'm rarely nervous I'm maybe nervous before I go on thinking about it but once I've got that microphone in my hand and I've got the wig on I've got the heels on I feel really powerful so now in situations when I'm not in drag I channel Sal, I think, in whatever I'm doing, Ooh. you know. So if I have to do a speech or a presentation, maybe at work, um, and I'm feeling quite nervous, I channel my inner Sal. And I think, you know, what would Sal do in this situation? I don't talk like Sal, but I kind of think about, you know, what would Sal do in this situation? If I was Sal now on stage, obviously Sal is part of me, um, so I'm able to channel that energy that uh, that I have. And that often makes the whole process much easier. Okay, I lied. That wasn't the last question. Is Sal available for booking? And if so, how do we reach out to get her? She is. Like I said, um, she's not doing that many gigs. Um, But yeah, if you want to book her for anything exciting and an interesting project, of course, you can find me on Instagram at visualleeford or Visua Lee Ford, V I S U A L E E F O R D, um, and I'm on Facebook as Sal Ford. Um, I think I'm not on really on Twitter anymore. So yeah, either Facebook or Instagram are the best ways to find me. Sal, thank you so much for pleasure. Coming thank in. you very much. So much fun talking to you today. Thank you. You too. And we're not going to talk about that other one for a long time oh, now. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's not mention her. We won't, but Sal and the other half will be just starting a production thing coming up, and I want to give them all the strength and uh, positive vibes I can for that Mm -hmm. because they've got some good plans. I think they were mentioned in the interview. I hope so. Anyway, it's uh, every last Tuesday of the month. See, this is the problem. I don't remember... Oh, I think it was mentioned in there. Because we had to take away some things because of dates being mentioned that were 
already gone now. Right. So, but this is professional podcasting. We don't even listen to our own interviews. Although, well, not all of it. <laughs> You are now departing Sparkle Town. Sparkle Town is a Thielendrome production starring the Contessa and the Deputy Mayor. And produced by both of us and edited by me. All that stuff. Stay safe. Wear a mask. <laughs>